0: Welcome to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. My name is Tara Gleason and I am the producer. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the Air Force Officer Spouses Club of Washington, D.C. PCS season is upon us. Military kids and authors of the Wilson Family Adventure, Drayton and Lauren, shared their perspective about moving and how writing a book in their own voice not only helped them, but could help other military kids not feel alone when experiencing continuous transitions. Also on this episode, their newly retired dual military parents, Daryl and Yolanda, also share about building a family at each new duty station, making kids part of the process and other positive strategies that families can implement to build connection and also facilitate that smooth transition for their children. Listen in as Susan talks with this amazing family.
1: So joining me today are Drayton and Lauren. Thank you guys so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having us.
3: Thank you
1: so i would love to start out first by letting our listeners hear a little bit about you guys lauren what grade are you currently attending i am currently in fifth grade okay and drayton what about you
2: i'm currently in eighth grade going into ninth grade next year
1: very exciting and like a lot of military kids you've moved around a little bit do you guys have a favorite place that you've maybe lived before
3: I would say that my favorite place that we lived was probably in Hawaii.
1: Ooh, that I, I can see that. I would like Hawaii. Why did you like Hawaii so much?
3: Um, because we were near the beach and we got to go to the beach sometimes, and like all the palm trees made me so comfortable.
1: It felt it felt like we were on a vacation. Oh, that would be very nice. What about you, Drayton?
2: Definitely Hawaii because Hawaii. You know, everyone wants to go there, and we lived there for four years. So it's been, like, a great experience, and I would love to go back.
1: Well, I can say any chance I could go to Hawaii, I would certainly love to join you guys, uh, certainly over there. So before coming, though, to Huntsville, where do you remember your last move?
3: Our last move was from Hawaii to Alabama.
1: Huntsville. Okay, awesome. So, what do you remember about having to move from Hawaii to Huntsville?
2: Well, I definitely remember the going away party because it was the same day as my birthday, which, by the way, is coming up in two days.
1: (laughs) Well, happy early birthday, Drayton. That's awesome. And what about you, Lauren? What do you remember about your last move from Hawaii to um, Huntsville?
3: I remember that on on our last full day of being in Hawaii, my like my best friend or one of my best friends that lived like right across the street from us. I remember that she and her brother had wrote wrote their names on a rock, and I still have the rocks.
1: Oh, that's such a nice yeah! That's such a nice (laughs) memento that you still can remember them by. So, you know. But for a lot of military kids, you know, my, my kids included, you know, it can be tough leaving, uh, different places, you know, whether you're leaving Hawaii or you're leaving, uh, Fort Bragg. Can you guys share a little bit about, you know, some of those challenges you guys experienced, um, when you moved from Hawaii to Huntsville? Some of the
3: challenges well, one of the challenges is when we got here in the winter. No, it's when the winter started and we were not prepared for it cuz we were like used to the to the tropical area and away from all of the like sunny side instead of like all cold and how it is here in in Alabama in the winter.
1: Yeah, that would definitely the seasons being different and a new school as well. What about for you, Drayton?
2: For me, it's definitely like a, a struggle I had is when I first got here, I was starting in 4th grade and I had no clue what to do. I didn't have any friends, I didn't have a, I I didn't have like a teacher I was comfortable talking to because when we moved from Hawaii a place where you're super comfortable with, you know, everyone, everyone's your neighbor. You had a great, like a, a great community around you to Alabama where you have no clue. And the world is so scary. You see up the airplane. It's so big and there's so much stuff and it's so new. It's overwhelming.
1: I, I think you summed it up really well, it can certainly be overwhelming for. Everybody, you know, parents, kids, you know, it's a whole new area. So what were some of the things that you guys did to kind of help with that transition?
2: So what we did, we didn't look at it as a negative,
1: oh, no, we're moving
2: from one place to another. It's going to be so stressful. No, we looked at it as a positive thing, a new adventure, like our book, The Wilson's Family Adventure which is based off a real story by us.
1: Well, I have to say that is really special. So you and Lauren, you guys decided to write a book about moving. Is that right? Right, that's correct. Okay. well tell me a little bit about the book, how you came up with that idea to decide, you know, to write it uh, for other military kids.
2: Well, we figured that since we're moving and we knew some some kids from our dad's like ranks and stuff we figured that we can't be the only ones out here moving like this leaving everything behind so we were like hey since we're going through this let's make sure that other kids know that they're not alone let's make sure that other kids know that it's not a bad thing to move but it's necessary and it's a great adventure the book is about us the walkers or in the book the wilson's moving from From 1 place to another from Oklahoma to California.
1: Well, I have to say that is such a great idea. Um, I've had a chance to read the book and I love it and there's so many things uh, that really stood out to me, you know, such as uh, you guys recognized how you felt, you know, being sad, leaving your friends, leaving your, your favorite school. But shifting your perspective and making things going forward really positive. But Lauren, I'm curious, what was your favorite part of the book?
3: My favorite part of the book was when we got to have the um, the celebration, like the last party before we moved from Oklahoma in the book to California. And it was like really cool when you got to see everyone the last time and it might not be the last last time but it's the last time for a long time
1: absolutely and what about you drayton what was your favorite part of the book
2: well i would also have to say the last going away party because it's based off of a real uh, a real story and the last day for us like the last party was on my birthday as i said earlier and we had all our friends there was a dj there was food And there were so many parties. It was happiness and crying. It was like a mixed emotion party, you know?
1: Absolutely. No, I can totally picture it. You do such a great job of kind of painting the pictures. And I love the other ideas that you guys incorporated into the book like taking two of your favorite toys on the plane because you guys had to fly um so they wouldn't get lost and researching the next place that you were going to move to i think your mom and dad had suggested that so that way you could start looking forward to some of the things um, that you would do when you arrived in huntsville so for other kids that are You know, moving this summer, or maybe they're just even going to a new school uh, like you will be Drayton. What kind of advice would you like to give them?
2: Well, for new students moving in from other places, I would tell them to not think of it as, oh, no, it's a new school. There's going to be so much pressure on me. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. But to look at it as a as as a place to go for 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 a new place to uh like get get comfortable to as a new adventure, because going into a new school can be very scary, especially going in from middle school to high school, like how I'm doing, It, it, it would be like very stressful. But I know that other kids probably have like a lot of more confidence so they can be confident in themselves to not you know crack under pressure, but to just calm down, take a breather and remember that they are good and that they'll probably find a new friend
1: well, I think that is great advice. And Lauren, what about you? What kind of advice would you like to share with other kids that are maybe moving to a new location for the first time?
3: Um, my advice would be to like get to know your teachers and um like make some friends and like moving into a new school without any friends is like like it is not the best choice because then you wouldn't have anyone to talk to and you're sad and like you would have your, your parents, but like if you want to be a aside of your parents or like a counselor, um, then you should get some friends before you, before like the middle of the school year and it's like already over pretty much. So, and also like, I would feel like you should get like some, some hobbies, like like some after school activities, and, like some clubs, maybe. No, like I think
1: that. I think that is great advice too, Lauren. I love the fact that you shared. You know. Um, that if you are having some of those feelings of sadness or maybe even anxiety about, you know, starting a new school or moving to, you know, reach out to your parents or to, to talk to the school counselor. If, if you feel comfortable doing that, and, um, I really like the idea that you just shared about hobbies, you know, it takes a little while to get connected in your new community. But if you have a hobby, that certainly might be an easier way to make that connection. So. I really enjoyed talking with you guys. I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with me and we're actually going to talk to your mom, Daryl and Yolanda next. Um, but for our listeners who would like to read more about, uh, Drayton and Lauren's adventure, we're definitely going to include the link to the books that the 2 of them wrote together in our shows notes. So thank you guys so much for coming on today.
2: Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you. You are so welcome. So we're going to take a little pause and then we're going to bring back Daryl and Yolanda Walker. So joining me now, I have Daryl and Yolanda Walker. Team Walker, thank you so much for letting the kids come on and chat with me today. And I really appreciate you taking the time to hang around and chat a little bit more from the parents' perspective.
4: Absolutely. Thanks for having us. We greatly appreciate it.
1: Well, it is our pleasure. So when I was reading the book, I was just so impressed with so many different elements, but one in particular was at the, in the front of the book, you provide advice for parents and then the kids provide advice for kids. What do you think has really helped your family through the many transitions that you've encountered?
5: One thing that uh, that we've done as a family was to connect with other similar families. and. Most of the times, those connections are actually stemmed from the kids. Uh, for example, when we first got here to Alabama, we uh, were invited to a birthday party uh, from a, a guy that was in Drayden class. Yeah. We, we didn't know the parents. We didn't know any of that. Uh, so I met the parent at the birthday party. Uh, <laughs> so funny enough. Now we have since become what we call family, You know, friends that eventually become family. So we, we hang out all the time now. So that, that's, that's what we do uh, on, on a regular basis.
4: Absolutely. A couple of other things that we do is make sure that, you know, we stay grounded in our faith. Um, We communicate schedules because, you know, children love, especially military children, love predictability. And um, so we we share a family calendar, make sure they know when um, Daryl is going to be traveling, when I'll be traveling. Um, Because as, you know, one of the things that brought on the origin of the book was, all of our deployments and time away from the children. So um, one of the ways that, you know, uh, we as a family decide collectively decided, you know, uh, was a good way to help them was they were always writing. Right. And so, you know, Daryl said, hey, well let's, let's, let's talk about it. You know, and then the book was born from them and they're their writing. So here we are today with the Wilson's family adventure.
1: Well, I think it's a great uh, testament to uh, your family and that incorporating so many uh, of those elements that kids really do respond to, which is structure and staying connected with their parents Uh, for our listeners that aren't aware. uh, Both Daryl and Yolanda serve, they were dual military and recently retired. So congratulations to you both. Thank you Thank you so much. So, a lot of times when people, though, are describing military kids, you know, they often say, well, you know, military kids are resilient, uh, they'll be fine with, uh, you know, these transitions, whether it's a move or a deployment, but I'd like to explore, um, something that you had shared with me, Yolanda, you actually sort of find this statement a bit limiting. Would you expand on what you think is a a little bit more important to recognize in our military kids? Absolutely. When I hear
4: parents, teachers, whatever, you know, adult, uh, responsible adult figures say that children are resilient, it really, it just kind of annoys me a bit because I don't think that children should be, should have to be resilient. You know, we chose this military lifestyle Both the the parents or whoever is the, the service member chose that lifestyle, not the children. I think children should be free to be children, to make mistakes, to learn and to grow within the confines of discipline, of course, but to say that they're resilient, it it almost gives a zero defect, which is a military terminology, mm-hmm. uh, but it almost gives a, a connotation of a zero defect, as if they're not allowed to make a mistake, as if they're not allowed to step outside the norms or the bounds of being children. And that's just not fair to them. You know, What type of message are we sending to them as they continue to grow and matriculate through their formidable years as children and teens, and then until adulthood.
1: I think that's a very interesting point. I, I think you can be resilient or, you know, some of the, the elements that you just shared, you know, that they're confident that they're competent. You know, those are some of the factors that rely on resilience, but they can still ask for help. You know, we don't want to. Limit our kids by dismissing them through a label. You know, we right. want to recognize that they have room to grow, that they need room to grow. And one of those ways is to to make mistakes and to learn from it. Um, Daryl, do you have anything that you would add on to what Yolanda shared?
5: I think she encapsulated it very well. I think uh, one thing we need to just figure out is to make sure that they do have a vote. The the kids do have a voice and they have say, so, and and what and how they transition. So we we make sure that we ask and make sure that they're a part of the process.
1: And that brings me to my next question, which I think is a really powerful 1 that you had shared in the book, making them part of the process. Can you. I'd love for you to elaborate on that because, you know, being in the military so often, so many things are out of our control, you know, duty stations, assignments, deployments. So how do you incorporate the kids as part of the process?
5: So part of military life is transition. We're always in a transition. So we have to figure out exactly what that means and make sure the kids understand. So wherever uh, either one of my kids are, whether it's vacation. Uh, uh, in the grocery store, uh, wherever we are, I'll say, "Hey, Drayton, go up to the, that young man and, and speak. Or go up to that uh, uh, that a uh, lady and, and introduce yourself." So what I'm trying to do there is make sure they're comfortable in any environment they go into. Uh, that they're not intimidated by age. They're not intimidated by uh, by uh, race, creed. You know, that we we make sure that uh, they're. Uh, flex, flexible, yeah. Well adjusted. adjusted, well adjusted. It.
4: Yeah, and by the way, that was pre-COVID. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's more of air high fives right now, probably, right. Or, or waving through the mask. So, um, I like that. What about you, um, Yolanda? What do you think? How have you incorporated the kids in, into the process when it comes to transitioning chores and responsibility? <laughs> um, I
4: mean, it you know i don't know we're kind of older seasoned if you will so you know some parents may not may not you know give their children chores but we still give them chores they have a chore chart they have responsibility and that gives them ownership you know once you own something once you're responsible for it it's yours to to keep and so inside of those responsibilities and those chores it may be something as simple as making sure the outside lights are turned on Bringing in the mail, but it's those those minor things, you know, those um, um, those inconsequential things that start to build upon themselves. And of course, the cho- the chores and responsibility responsibilities are age appropriate, but that's just the foundational premise that we do. A couple of other things: um, making sure that they're aware of the schedule that goes back to our calendar, giving them um, take allowing them to take charge of the day-to-day responsibilities, those day-to-day tasks. And then we're responsible for seeing at the weekly and the monthly outlook. So if they can manage their day-to-day stuff, we as parents have the
5: long range planning, if you will. And if I may add one more thing, uh, one thing that my, my mom actually looked at me side-eye when we did this, but we bought Drayton a cell phone at the age of eight. Because he was getting ready to transition from Hawaii, leaving all of his friends to come here to Huntsville uh, and the reason why we did that is so we can always stay connected. He can always reach back. Uh, of course, Lauren was way too young to, uh, right. to to have a cell phone back then. But, but I, I see now, uh, as I look at my cohorts uh, and, and that were that, you know, when I was in the military, um, a lot of their kids have cell phones as well. And it's, it's, it's almost like we grow them up a little bit faster. Than then the norm,
1: right? Well, I, I think you guys bring up so many great, great points just to highlight, you know, the chores, the calendars, um, or, you know, instead of chores, the responsibilities when children are invested. Like you said, Yolanda, they have ownership and all of those are building blocks to strong, independent. Adults, which is what we're all hoping to eventually raise, and you know, eventually raise. It's a process. Um, You know, we're 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 all trying to uh, just you know make them the best young adults that we can. And I think that uh, you know, there's research out there that has shown over and over again that children thrive when they're structured, when they know what to expect, what they when they know what to anticipate. And so, regardless of the transition, by you guys providing that, that has also laid that foundation for them. Um, and I. Um, I also like the the connection thing about trying to reach out and and make connections even if they're maybe a a little bit uncomfortable. I think that's um you know that's that's how we grow. That's how we become, you know, better human beings and that's how we become more invested in our community. So for parents that are listening to this podcast, you know, maybe their child's struggling a little bit with their their new environment or maybe they're struggling with the next transition that's coming this summer, what kind of advice would you share with those parents? I would tell the parents to embrace the conversations
4: of their child or children. You know, have some open dialogue with with them. Don't just ask how was the day, don't just be directive in the transition or dismissive in the child's feelings, but to actually allow the child to feel what he or she is feeling give them space to feel and then help guide and direct those feelings into pos- into a positive approach you know because we never want to feel dismissed you know in any situation regardless of age and the more inclusive parents can be at an early age in their child's in their child's life lives excuse me the better the relationship will tend to grow and blossom at the later years um, I, I think it's just it's just so paramount that we as parents keep well open and and keep those lines of communication open uh with our children and include them in decision making, whatever the level, give them some ownership so that they can be a part of the process. Everyone wants to feel needed.
1: I think very well said. Uh Gerald, do you have anything to add? Just a,
5: a minor point. Uh when you're making a, a part of the process. One of the things that we mentioned in the book was uh, do the research for the, your next duty station. We actually do that and and make them feel a part of, hey, make them excited about the next move. Make them make them choose some of the things they want to do with the next move. So, so they're anticipating with a positive attitude and not anything negative. We keep the negativity away.
1: Well, I love that. I love that. Great advice. Uh, we, too, also do research for our family. We like ice cream. So we do a ice cream tour of all our favorite ice cream places. When we leave a duty station and then have the kids research where we can get ice cream at the next duty station so that we can continue on the tour. So I think it sounds like you guys do some very similar things as well. Yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you both so much for coming on and just sharing your advice. And it's just, I think, really helpful for parents to hear from other parents that particularly understand this authentic military lifestyle that we we live. And um, I'm just grateful for both of you for serving and excited to see what the future is going to hold for both of you now in retirement.
5: Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. We greatly appreciate the invita- invitation. Well, it is our pleasure. And as I mentioned earlier, and I'm going to share again with our listeners, we are going to put the link to the Wilson's family adventure written by Drayton and Lauren Walker in our shows notes. And um, that way you can take a look at the book and get a little bit more information on their family adventure.
0: You are listening to the MSEC podcast. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the Air Force Officer Spouses Club of Washington, D.C. You can listen to this podcast and those archived by topic when you subscribe and download at Podbean, iTunes. MSECs support military-connected children by educating, advocating, and collaborating to resolve education challenges associated with the military lifestyle. Learn more about our partnerships, programs, and initiatives at militarychild.org. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram for the latest on our enduring mission to serve the children of those who serve us all. Be sure to join us again next week. Thanks for listening.